Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood. The inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode that started one place and ended up someplace kind of different, and all of it was really cool. We got a chance to talk with Dylan, and uh, Dylan is incarcerated in the same facility as my son, Jay, and he has been on a couple of other episodes already, so if you have not had a chance to listen to those yet, go back and meet Dylan, parts one and two. But in this one, we were starting to talk some about holidays. And uh, we do talk about that a little bit, but then we pretty quickly veered off into talking about building community using food and the ways that people who are incarcerated find to use food as a community builder. It's really cool. It's really inspiring. So Dylan is going to describe in this episode some of the specific things that they do that, um, that create a sense of community around a shared meal. And then it's very interesting because that conversation somehow sort of takes a left turn and we end up also talking about the shared challenge between um, the people who are working in the corrections industry and people who are prison inmates serving a sentence. The shared challenges that they have, the sense of regret from poor choices in their youth, the sense of feeling stuck and feeling like they don't have choices or options. And uh, the challenges that, oddly enough, show up no matter which uniform you're wearing. So it was hard to figure out what to call this episode. So we settled on shared meals and shared challenges. So we're going to jump in here. We had Kim with me in person. Kim is the community director for Prison Care Incorporated. And then we had Dylan on the line. So join the conversation. Well, hello, Dylan. It is wonderful to have you on the line. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? We're doing well. I'm here with Kim as well. Hey, Dylan. Great to hear your voice. Uh, Tis the season, or tis almost the season, or will be the season for several weeks now. We're coming into that holiday stretch of things, and I think that holidays and incarceration don't really go together very well. So (laughs) we wanted to hear a little bit... um, from your perspective on how the holidays work and don't work for people who are serving prison sentences and how you guys um, find ways to build community, to mark special occasions, to, um, yeah, to take care of each other during seasons like this and how food figures into that and anything else that you want to talk about. So, yeah. So how do you feel about the holidays personally? Okay. Are you a holiday person or no? Personally, no. Um, I like Halloween uh, and that's pretty much it. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I've, I've just never been a, a big fan of, of Christmas. 
I'm more okay with Thanksgiving um, because I love to cook. Uh, mm. So I liked that part of it. Cool. Um, but I've never been one for like big family gatherings and stuff like that. It's always made me wildly uncomfortable. Um, mm. And uh, uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a religious person. Um, and the kind of at least for Christmas, the overtones are just a little too um, a little too much for me sometimes. Gotcha. Uh, but at the like spirit of it, um, you know, the the community aspect and bringing people together and uh, like the generosity and stuff. That's that's all. Um, those are all things that I can really get behind. Uh, and they're even more important in here, um, in my opinion, um, because a lot of these, a lot of guys have, have families and kids and it's, it's rough. It's rough to be around and there's already that natural kind of depression that sets in for your average person, uh, around the holidays. So it's just a little more pronounced in here. So we have to try a little extra to, um, be a community. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. What kinds of things are you guys able to do? I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's so much about your lives that is not in your control. What are the ways that you're able to build community? Um, the biggest thing is food. Uh, I think I think it brings people together, um, like, no matter where you are. Um, yeah. I think eating, like, breaking bread together is, is important and, like, I think it's kind of uh, like embedded in like our like human spirit. So for for us, we'll like come together and we call them spreads, and we'll make you know whatever. Uh, the easiest thing is probably like burritos. They'll make you know a bunch of people will get together and get different things, and it kind of like you know if six people spend you know five or ten bucks each. You can have like a pretty decent, uh, a pretty decent meal between everyone, and it kind of gets. You can get things that you wouldn't normally get, you know, that people wouldn't normally be able to afford on their own, and it's, you know, put in that extra effort to, to have a have a good meal. Um, okay, so talk to us like we're like four. <laughs> Wait, talk to us like yeah. we're four and pull it way back. So, where does this stuff come from? You're obviously not ordering like DoorDash oh, okay. or something yeah. to have. Chipotle delivered. So, God, I wish. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. So explain where the ingredients come from and all that stuff. Um, so there's like, uh, we have a, a commissary list. Um, there's a pretty wide variety on it. Um, in, a, in this facility, there's less than there would be at a DOC facility for whatever reason. Uh, honestly, it, I can't tell, and I've been here for four years. Um <laughs> So there's like, uh, I mean, the basics are like dried refried beans and um, like packaged summer sausages and stuff like that. That's kind of like, you know, there's tortillas and uh, these like mozzarella cheese sticks, um, you know, all like heavily preserved and probably terrible for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you can't refrigerate stuff, yeah. right? I mean, you have a box and you have a microwave, but you don't have refrigeration, do you? We do not have refrigeration. Uh, I mean, now that it's getting cold, we could like stick stuff out in the snow, but someone would probably steal it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Uh, um, no, but there's uh, like we just have ways of 
you know, making things different. Um, like fry your sausage and use the sausage grease to fry the beans and then have like pretty decent refried beans. Mm, um, nice. Like we've made tortilla chips with uh, like margarine from the kitchen oh. um, and just like shredded tortillas. Uh, actually, they're super good. Um, I recommend it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we even make like cheesecake and stuff like that. That's what Jay and I are doing for Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. uh, we all these like little tiny cream cheeses, and we'll take that and like a little creamer, whatever flavorings. Uh, some people use Kool Aid. I think that's gross. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like. Uh, They'll just like mix it with stuff and whip it up and um, it like makes a decent cheesecake. We'll take graham crackers and crush them up and mix them with butter and bake it into a crust. Wow. All using the microwave, of course. I'm so proud. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's a, there's a whole, like, there's people that make candy. Um, like, they, wow. there's this non-dairy creamer. And if you mix it with, like, the right amount of water, and you microwave it, it turns into, like, it tastes like saltwater taffy. Like, the texture is very similar. Wow. Um, How creative. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, every year during Christmas, we get a, uh, like, special Christmas canteen list. And there's, um, like, cheddar sausages, garlic sausages, uh, cheddar cheese, and pepper jack cheese. There's like flavored creamer, there's Werther's hard candies, there's these like raisins, and it's dark chocolate caramel covered in dark chocolate. They're amazing. Nice. Um, just like specialty items they only sell. Uh, they get in, we can start buying them on December 1st, and then mm. pretty much however much they have left, like whatever's, whatever they get is what they have. Um, so you just kind of like, people order like as much as they can during this month, and then uh, usually they run out and then they try to like hold on to it for a year, um, um, you know, make it last. Yeah. But, uh, All right. So you guys yeah. make a spread um, together. Like do people yeah. cook together or does like one person cook for this time and other people are the guests or does it vary or? It depends. Uh, I think it kind of depends on the group. Um, and like what people are doing, uh, like, we've all kind of cooked for each other, um, like, Jay, Carlton, and I, uh, when, like, the rest of us are busy, um, but we've all come together and cooked before as well. Uh, sometimes it'll just be, like, one person cuts up sausage and the other person makes the rice and, you know, just kind of divvying up tasks, but, uh, yeah, and it depends on how many people are involved, too, because if there's more than, like, three or four people, like, the rest of them... You know, too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, right. There's wisdom there. But usually people, like, come together to eat, um, or at least start eating. Uh, I think that's probably the most important part is just to, like, at least share the first, you know, few bites together. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so describe the difference between eating together over a spread versus eating together in the chow hall. Because technically speaking, you are eating together every mm. meal at mm. chow. So why is it so That's different? True. Um, well, the chow hall has like a lot of people in it all the time. And a lot of them are like hollering and making like a lot of noise. And that's, 
frustrating. Um, so it's like the, the tone is different, like the atmosphere. Mm. Um, also, it's disgusting. Uh, so that that's a big mm. part of it. Um, mm. <laughs> none of us had a hand in making that. Uh, and it's usually pretty bad. Uh, mm. If it's good, we're like, you know, happy and surprised. But um, <laughs> it's different when, like, it's something we paid for and we made um, together. Uh, and then when we're in our own environment, in, in an environment that we choose, um, I think the choice is the most important part there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny, too, because it's the opposite of what a lot of people who are, quote unquote, tough on crime and, and all about punishment models for prisons, they, they say that it's so unfair that you're just, you know, given meals every day because people on the outside have to work for meals right mm. but what you're describing is yeah. that what makes meals together so significant is that you put something into it and just if being, i could have a real job and you know like actually pay for my food i 100 percent would um mm. like please give me a real job mm -hmm. uh yeah and for people I, who I are listening who don't realize that's a thing like that's another model, right? For prisons, yeah. that that whole thing of could you, as a person serving a prison sentence, could you have a job where you worked and had to buy your own food? And the answer is yes. It doesn't work that way in the U.S. But yeah. that's a whole model called normalization that is um, super good for everybody involved, um, and, and is being done successfully yeah. in other places, in right? other countries. Yeah. yeah. If only they had a. Uh you know, seen what Norway's been doing for the last, what, 50, 60 years? Yeah. Mm, you know, yeah. It's only been a, a small amount of time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Germany's kicking butt, too. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 There's other models out there. We're going to try to help people learn. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they don't really realize that they have, like, choices, you know, just because it's been like this for you know, a while doesn't mean it has to stay like this. Uh, at some point, something's got to change. Yeah. 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 One of Sabrina's favorite things to say is, how's that working out for you? <laughs> so far, <laughs> I think we probably all agree it could be working out a whole lot better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure there's anyone who says, oh, yeah, the prison system in the United States works so well. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nobody on any side yeah, of the political spectrum who thinks it's working well. The rate is really low. Yeah, oh right. yeah. 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 Overpopulation problem is really yeah. low. Not an issue. Well, and people in the corrections they industries love their jobs. Then, you know, it's, everything's great. Everything's yeah. great. Everything's Absolutely. great. Yeah, all sorts of kids in the sixth grade are saying, I want to be a correctional officer when I grow up. Because mm -hmm. it's a great career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad, like, I, I wonder how people, like, hear, of, like, get jobs here. Like, I'm like, did, did you think about this? Like, mm. do you really want to work, you know, 60 hours a week standing around and like babysitting people? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't find that enjoyable. Yeah, it is. Um, I read a book recently that looked pretty hard at the communities that surround most of the prisons in the U.S. and most of them, like the prison where, where you're serving your sentence, are in kind of the middle of nowhere. And the economy is so dependent on the prison that there are just not really options. And 
of CEOs that were interviewed um, pretty extensively for a, a study that I just read, and they were allowed to be anonymous. Um, every single person they interviewed talked about how if they had made better choices when they were younger, they would never have ended up working in the corrections field, but because they screwed up and didn't go to college or because they screwed up and their girlfriend got pregnant and they got married real young or whatever the reasons, but all of them, it's like from this regret from immature decisions that they made early in adulthood. And it's just interesting how similar that is to a lot of people who are incarcerated, Mm -hmm. right? Who were saying if I had made different choices. the exact same story. Yep. Mm. Wow. Yep. It's really... It's really profound to me how much similarity there is, no matter which uniforms you're wearing on mm-hmm. the inside, that there is this tremendous yeah. sense of regret and missed opportunity. And then you have the people who are willing to work hard to make a change and the people who have just thrown up their hands and resigned themselves to, oh, well, life sucks and I'll just wait it out. Yeah. That's kind of the way it takes. I think the way it takes people away, like, just as like inmates have been taken away from their families by the choices they've made in, in ways, you know, um, obviously there's less, uh, choice, you know, later, but in the same way it takes, uh, CEOs away from their families as well. Um, the time commitment is enormous. Uh, and it's not even just what they're like told at the beginning, like, Hey, you're going to be working 40 hours a week with, you know, at least 16 more hours of overtime it's like hey your relief isn't going to show up today i need you to work eight extra hours on top of the 12 you just worked exactly Um, exactly and like some people don't even go home until their days like until they're two days off yep they'll Uh, just stay in you know a week uh and not go home because they the commute, you know, it's not worth it. They might sleep like an hour and then have to come right back. Oh, right. So it's, yeah. The, the impact is the same either way. I mean, in, in a fashion, uh, obviously they still have that choice, but. But if they feel like they yeah. don't have a choice, if they're at a place in life where this is their livelihood and they don't see yeah. a change that they can make, then yeah. Yeah, it's um we're going to do some episodes of the future where we where we talk with some people who have worked in corrections extensively and simple things like the number of times that someone has slept in their car because there was a holdover without notice because their relief didn't show up but they know that they're shorthanded for the next day and so they know they've only got 6 hours total so they say well I'm not going to drive for an hour sleep for 3 and then get up and drive for another hour I'll just sleep in the parking lot. Yeah. And that's like a normal thing. Wow. And we all know that yeah, we would want me doing your that job on that many that little hours of sleep. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. What does that yeah. do then for your ability to do your job when yeah. you're when you're that fried? I I don't yeah. I, yeah. it blows my mind. It blows mm. my mind. Yeah. It's not good for anybody. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, we're running low on time, and so we're going to wrap up this episode, I think. And thank you so much for all of the specific yeah. um, examples that you were able to give, because that kind of day-in-the-life stuff where you can talk about frying up the sausages in the microwave yeah. and then cooking the refried beans in that, like, wow. that that makes it real for us. That, that gives yeah. us a glimpse of what you guys are doing creatively and relationally to... Um, it's inspiring. It is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So good for you. The next time you guys have a spread, um, please know you guys can brainstorm about this. Okay. One of the things at Prison Pair that I want to figure out how to do is to get permission to sponsor a spread for a pod where like there's, mm. there's commissary items somehow that like, like we cater it, you know, mm. that sounds really mm-hmm. stupid. And I know that there's no way to make yeah. it really catered, but I want to find some well, way to cooperate with administration. So I that prison there's care. a way. Yeah. I've talked like three months ago. I talked to someone about, uh, doing, there's a single like mm. few years ago and, some group of 10 guys made burritos for every single person in the pot. Wow. Every person got one, regardless of who they were or who they oh. were like, affiliated with. You know. That's awesome. Uh, it was, yeah. It was, so we, we talked about doing something like that, and we might we might for Christmas. Good. All right, we're going to figure it out, we and we're going to find a way to, to sponsor and try to help. Oh, thank you so much, Dylan. Okay. All right. Have a wonderful yeah, day. Thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, thank 30 you. seconds remaining. Oh, it's, Cassandra. It's so awesome just getting to know you more and hearing your voice. It's really cool. Yeah, it's been great doing this. Thank Enjoy. you. All right. We'll do it again soon. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. That Cassandra is such a party crasher. What are we going to do with her? Earn her 60 seconds and 30 seconds remaining. Grumph. Oh, well, in spite of Cassandra's unwanted intrusion, we really enjoyed that chance to talk to Dylan. And I think that his idea for a burrito bash is gonna happen. And so since we recorded that a little bit ago, um, we figured out a way for a uh, for the compassion team that has adopted their facility to provide the money for the ingredients. And there's a group of, I believe, five guys who have signed on to do all the cooking. And on Christmas Day, they are going to uh, make and pass out what they call the good burritos, because apparently there's the eh burritos, and then there's the good burritos. And they're going to make the good burritos and share them with every single guy in their pod. That's 100 guys. And that is really cool. That gives me hope for community building. That gives me hope for um, holidays that would otherwise be uh, empty, disconnected. Um, for a lot of people, it would, it would be a day that was just uh, filled with trying to distract yourself until it's over with. And this year, instead, there's going to at least be one moment of connection to the other guys on your block in the neighborhood. And they're going to have a Christmas burrito bash. And a prison care compassion team gets the incredible blessing of being able to fund that. It, it, it took about $200. Guys, do you hear that? It took about $200. That was not hard for our little team to raise. We don't have a big team. But we put this idea out there and the the team that has adopted that facility said, sure. And in no time, we had collected the money that we needed, and we had set the plan in motion. It's not that hard to show care once you get connected to a facility, once you start to build relationships with people inside the fence, wearing both kinds of uniforms. There's hope for a change. There's hope for us to learn side by side, 
There's hope for us to be creative, to work together, and to find ways to care for people who are too often forgotten and ignored. So if you would like to learn more, I encourage you to visit prisoncare.org. You can find the answers to all of your burning questions about what prison care is and how you can get involved. Prison Care Incorporated is a 100% compassionate person-funded 501c3 nonprofit organization. And if it sounds like something you'd like to learn more about, ways to be involved financially, ways to be involved with volunteering your time and your talents, you can figure out how to do that by tooling around the prisoncare.org website. If there's something you want to ask and you don't find your question answered there on the website, just shoot me an email, sabrina at prisoncare.org. I will be most happy to try to get you answers to all your questions about prison care. So thanks for listening today, friends. Thanks for tuning in each week and for learning alongside me, alongside Kim. Thank you for wanting to learn rather than just turning a blind eye. Because, you know, you don't have to think about prisons, but you're choosing to. And I appreciate that. I appreciate and respect that care that you're showing. Until next time, friends. Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside. Because everyone on the inside matters.